Hey ladies, welcome to Boss Ladies Connect. I am so excited that you're joining us on this podcast where we encourage women and inspire them to fully walk in everything that they've been called to do. We believe that each person has been created with a specific purpose and it is up to us to walk in it, to discover what it is and to allow it to fully manifest in our lives. And so each week we have conversations that allow us to evolve and grow and to fully understand and embrace the purpose call on our lives. And so ladies, without further ado, let us get started. Hey guys, I am so excited about this week's episode. It is such a pleasure to bring Dr. Jovan Willis to Boss Ladies Connect as we talk about an issue that I have I am completely passionate about and it's just been long overdue in us having this conversation around racism and sexism in the workplace. But before we get started, let me introduce Dr. Javon Willis to you. She has a PhD in educational leadership and policy studies from the University of Missouri. She currently works as a financial advisor support specialist at Edward Jones, and she is also the founder and CEO of Elitis Consulting Firm. I love talking to Dr. Jovan because not only has she experienced this, but she is also an advocate for women and a mentor, offers mentorship to help women um, learn how to navigate through the workplace. I can speak from personal experience that I wish I was able to have an advocate or at least a mentor that would be able to guide me as I even experience my own racism in the workplace. And so y'all, this conversation, like I said, has been way overdue and it will continue. This will not be the last time that we talk about this. So I'm just super excited. But y'all, before we get started, you know we have to have a quick word from our sponsor. So let's get to it. Let's find out who this week's sponsor is. Hey, y'all. So before we get started in this week's episode, you know I do a lot of talking. And in that talking, my lips, child, they get so dry. But I have found a great solution for my lips. It is called Lexi Elaine Lip Gloss. Y'all, I love this lip gloss. It does not matte. I don't feel like I have like gum on my mouth. You know what I'm talking about? Like it's so thick and it's like matted. This lip gloss is just the opposite. This lip gloss brings shine to your lips, completes your look, revitalizes your lips while holding moisture. Y'all know we need moisture, especially as it is getting darker and colder out here. (laughs) And I love the fact that this lip gloss includes vitamin E. But y'all, more than loving the product, loving the line, I actually love the, the product owner. Lexi Elaine is a 13-year-old boss lady in her right. She has started this product line. And I love that this platform allows me to connect with boss ladies, boss women, women who are walking in their purpose. But it does something extra special to my heart when I see young people stepping out in their gifts and doing the things that are on their heart and that they are passionate about. And she is definitely representing that. So on top of all of that, my girl Lexi is giving us a 10% off 
all of her products. Guys, if you use the code BOSSLADY, you can receive 10% off of all of her products, which range between $5.99 and $8.99. So we out here shopping. We're getting gifts for people. Grab one for your sister. Grab one for yourself. Grab one for your cousin and your auntie and everyone else. And so how you can receive this discount is you want to visit her website, which is LexiElaineCosmetics.com. It is spelled L-E-X-I-E-L-A-I-N-E. C-O-S-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com. I'll have all the details and all the information in the show note. And you want to make sure that you jump on this offer. It will not be around forever. As a matter of fact, it is a very limited time offer. So go ahead, support your sister, support your fellow boss lady in training and get your lip gloss. And um, (laughs) now let's get to this next episode. Welcome to this week's episode of Boss Ladies Connect. Y'all, I am so excited about this conversation that I'm about to have with Dr. Jovan Willis. I am so excited. Thank you, Dr. Jovan, for coming on. Um, This topic has just kind of uh, been something that has been passionate to me, something that I have been dying (laughs) to talk about, and just really just trying to figure out like what platform to kind of have this conversation. Mm -hmm. So when we were able to connect and to start talking a little bit about the inequality that, you know, Black women experience in corporate America, I was like happy. (laughs) Happy (laughs) is an understatement. you know, to be able to engage in this way. So I'm super excited about our convo, but I do want to give you an opportunity to kind of introduce yourself, tell us what you do and why you do it, and just share with everyone listening um, more about who you are. Okay, well, thank you for having me. (laughs) Um, Again, my name is Dr. Mom Willis. Um, I have my PhD in Educational Leadership and Policy Studies I currently work full-time at Edward Jones. I'm a consultant there. And I also have a company called Elitist where I offer executive leadership training. And kind of what got me to this point, I think is just, I am a lifelong learner. So I definitely, you know, have a obsession almost with going to school. <laughs> um, but I, my, most of my career was in higher ed. And so I made the transition over to corporate America very recently. Actually, when I completed my PhD or right before I completed it, I kind of was going back and forth about whether I should pursue a faculty position or if I should try something different and go into corporate America. And I am involved in, you know, a number of like groups on social media and uh, particularly a PhD one. And they were talking about how people were branching off into other industries. And initially, when I heard people talking about that, I was like, they're crazy. You get a PhD, you go to the university and you teach. Like, what else could there be, you know? I just thought that was so ludicrous. And then after a while, I was like, well, actually, maybe not so much, you know? So I decided to take um, a temporary position at Edward Jones just to kind of get a feel for it um, right before I defended my dissertation. And I just fell in love. Like I was in complete love with what I was doing. I landed in a, uh, a, like a training department or development department. So it was a really perfect match for my background. 
in higher education because I did a lot of um, advising, coaching, retention things. So it really, it just fell in line. And so um, that's how I kind of um, got into my career path. Um, but like you were saying before, in terms of my executive leadership training, part of the reason why I decided to do that is that transition that I went through. One thing that I noticed was that there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of, I'm sorry, there wasn't a lot of um, African-American women who were on boards or who were in C-suite positions. And I just found that to be kind of like crazy because there's an uh, increase of women, Black women who are graduating. There's an increase, right? Right. But then when you look at the boards, it's like, it's not even there. You know, when you look at the Fortune 500 companies, there are only three women right now who are leading Fortune 500 companies, uh, three Black women mm -hmm. who are leading them. And I mean, when you look at all major companies, the statistic is very, very low. And I feel like that's a social issue. That's something that really, really needs to be addressed because where is the disconnect, right? Mm -hmm. Why, how do we have all these women who are educated, who are qualified to do the work, but yet they're not in the positions? So I started to offer training to um, particularly younger women um, who are maybe getting ready to get out of college or who just started their careers to kind of get their mindset um, ready for what they're getting ready to go through. Because it's way more than just being educated it's way more than having the drive when it comes to excelling in your career, getting to that place. It takes a lot more than that. And so I'm trying to um, educate women through my leadership training on what they need to do in order to navigate the politics really in the culture that, you know, is kind of crippling our diversity initiatives in the country. So. Yeah, <laughs> I 100% agree. Um, I know for me, um, I felt like I had no knowledge, like no foresight of understanding what I was walking into when I was on my nine to five. Like I didn't have, there was no one like sitting down with me telling me, okay, you should be setting yourself up this way. You should be aligning yourself with these particular individuals or even really like, what is your long-term goal here? And so right. like, for me coming in, I was just like happy to have a job, quite honestly. And right. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I'm wondering, um, what are some of the things that, because we were talking about mindset, because I, I think that yeah. that is, is so important that you're actually thinking, um, thinking that way. What are some of the ways that you encourage the girls to think about um, forward progression in their careers? Well, the first thing is awareness, you know, to, to show them the statistics, the numbers and say, hey, this is, I want you to see this, see, for your, you know, see it for yourself. So that way you can interpret it and really soak it in. So you can, you know, feel passionate about this particular issue. Because if you're going to do something about it, you have to have a certain passion about it, right? So first thing I try to do is really get them to see what's going on. And then I try to tackle what, what could be causing this phenomenon. And I really feel like a huge part of it is um, imposter syndrome is huge. 
um, because a lot of times as black women, we feel like if we go for an, a, a position that has some authority to it, that people will look, you know, down on us, or maybe they may not want to take, you know, directive from us, or we may come off as the angry black woman if we, you know, give too much if we hold too much power, there's a stigma mm -hmm. about that, you know, or this feeling like you wouldn't get the position just because of who you are. You're, you're a black woman, you know, maybe you're a single mom or these, all these things that are kind of like, you know, tackling away or eating away at your ego, it's your confidence that keeps you from even applying. That's the thing. Like black women are not even applying for them. So that's part of the problem. But then also it's about addressing the organizations directly, because a lot of times when people are hiring, you tend to hire people who have similar backgrounds as you, who look like you, who have, you know, the same hobbies as you. And I don't know about you, but I don't, I might not have the same hobbies <laughs> as an old white guy or yes. something, you know, that's been on the floor for 30, 40 years we might not be on the same level. So he may not be able to connect or relate to me, which might take me off of his radar. Right. So I just teach people about getting into the circle, you know, finding ways to be more visible, you know, finding ways to, um, to advocate for the need for diversity, you know, and to, to put an eye on what's going on. Cause sometimes it may not even be intentional. Maybe they're not intentionally doing it. Like I said, it's um, like a natural instinct to do that. So it's just, you know, bringing more awareness, uh, being an advocate and also having the confidence to feel like you deserve to be, you know, in that boardroom, you deserve to be in that C-suite, like you earned it, you know? So yeah. just kind of just giving them tips on that. You, I, a couple of things come to my mind. Um... So one of the things for me in, in my experience is, um, so I guess for me, and I, I, I'm kind of asking the question, but I'm sharing first. <laughs> um, for me, being a lighter skinned um, Black woman, I never really experienced like, um, I guess like racism or segregation on um, a like in your face kind of level. Mm -hmm. um, and so when I got into a situation for me um, where I was working before, there were specific things that were set up to hinder me from moving forward. And so, and I yeah. believe that that's because um, of my race. And, mm -hmm. but I was so unaware because I had never really had like in your face racism. It, you know, mm -hmm. I never knew that you know, a lot of things were done behind closed doors, right? So promotions that could have been offered, opportunities that could have been given, but weren't given behind closed doors yet given to other right. people. And so one I wanted to kind of ask about, about that, like how, um, how have you or have you heard of stories of kind of experiencing that that unawareness and not because so for me i didn't understand what was happening uh, i just thought mm -hmm. let me just work harder like let me just keep trying the the carrot kept right. getting dangled i mean i went on for years like <laughs> just trying to do the best that i could to finally grab this carrot that he kept pulling further and further away from me mm -hmm. um and so it i think it wasn't until you know, I looked at it like, well, I have more education than you. And why am I like running around trying to get right. 
this promotion that is completely do me. Like you're the only person telling me to do more, asking me to keep mm -hmm. working, right? And so I have, um, at one point on my job, I used to tell people like, I am not your work slave. Like, I just felt like, you know, I just felt like we were like on this plantation at this point and you were, it, there was just this glass ceiling that you were determined not to let me break. So that's my one, one, I guess, like kind of comment and maybe to see how you feel about that. But my other thing, because you were talking about being an advocate. Girl, I wanna know, how do you be, how are you going to be an advocate without coming across like um, an angry black person? Because at, at some point, you know, I had, you know, had the conversations presented, do the proposals, all the stuff you hear, like on the TED Talks and, <laughs> and the things that, you know, show the evidence. I did all of that like numerous times to where I remember literally sitting in his office one day and just being like, am I really supposed to accept this? Like, right. really? Like, can we just, let's, let's just stop. And I'm sure <laughs> at that point he was like, this girl, but... <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I know. Um, so how, okay, so just circling back, like, one thing that I have started to feel, and this is probably going to be like my motto or like, you know, what I'm known for, but I feel like Black women have gone from being the help to the educated help. You know what I mean? And yes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's starting to feel like that because you have this class of women, like I said, they have these degrees but there's in support roles. Yeah. Like how, what is going on with that? And like you said, there's people that are, that have less degrees, maybe even less experience that we are answering to. And that's questionable. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's questionable, you know? And like I said, I, I feel like it has something to do with the things that I mentioned before, but that's a real problem. That's a real problem. And I feel like when I put it in that perspective, it does make people think like, hey, wait a minute. You know, you have a point. Like, that is so true, you know. And I did have an experience like that when I actually transferred into the corporate role. As I said, I went into as a temp, basically, because I wasn't sure if that's what I really wanted to do. So I didn't want to pursue it full time or take a job that was permanent if I, if I didn't like the culture, you know? So um, the, the young ladies that I work with, there were three of us and all black women all came from temps. We were, um, there's not too many temps in the department, but in where I was working, it was all black women. So I worked really, really hard. Once I figured out I loved it, I wanted, you know, I drank the Kool-Aid and I just love Ever Jones, <laughs> you know, like I'm going to apply for a position. I'm going to work really hard. You know, I'm getting ready to defend my dissertation in a couple weeks. I can do this, right? So I applied for the job. I submitted it. I never heard anything back. And a few weeks later, I started getting feedback from other people that my application never was reviewed. And I'm like, really? You know, and it's not really typical, you know, for them not to review. They pretty much review all of the applications that come in. But like mine was kind of like thrown under the table. And as I asked more questions, it kind of got back to me. Like basically the assumption was that I was not qualified for the position, um, particularly probably because I was a temp, you know, and 
the temps did not have as much education as some of the people that were hiring on for the other roles typically because you had to have like a little bit more education you know um, license and stuff like that so I, it was like automatically this particular person that I that was hiring just assumed that I didn't qualify and then um, somebody else brought it to her attention that you know she's finishing the phd in a couple weeks like did you even look at the resume like did right. you even look you know what i mean and mm. she, you know she kind of got some really negative feedback from doing that once it kind of you know once people found out about that and then right after that i was offered a job they offered me a job you know and i feel like it had a lot to do with that because they kind they probably felt bad like oh my god you know mm -hmm. um because that's how it came across because you have this group these group of black women their temps you know they may not have the qualifications to be in this department so i'm not even gonna you know entertain that you know not knowing that you know i had this pleasure of education and transferable skills and so um so that situation then made me an advocate even more so than i probably already was because I just felt like how many other women did could they have overlooked who had the qualifications or who had the credentials or who had the transferable skills, but it was like, oh, I'm gonna make an, an assumption about you and not even consider you. Probably a lot, you know. So mm -hmm. luckily Edward Jones is actually very good about diversity. I mean, they are very serious about it, they believe in it, they believe in development. And they have a ton of resource groups that they have developed for just about anything, you know, like you name it, they have a group for it. And so I immediately uh, joined the, the Black um, or African American resource group and I got involved. You know, I tried to make sure that, you know, I was in the conversation, that I participated in every way that I could, that I communicated with the leadership team, you know, and even did some additional um breakout groups where it was very focused in terms of how can we get more people in those c-suites how can we get more our people in those c-suites you know so um it, it did make me an advocate and i have um gone to my leader and, and asked her specifically like what are you doing to help with diversity what is the department doing to help with diversity because I've heard, you know, the Black Lives Matter, you guys are this or that. So what is the plan? Like, are you planning to hire more people? Are you planning, like, what, what was the plan? You know, so um, to be honest, I feel like, you know, a lot of companies jumped on board with that. It was like, yes, you know, Black Lives Matter. But when you ask them, what's the action plan? They kind of, you know, get nervous. They fumble a little bit. Um, 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 this committee, I got a committee like, okay, okay. But what is the committee doing? Like, what is the action plan? Show me that you have done something, you know, or we're looking for a more diverse candidates. How so? What are you doing? You know what I mean? Like ask those kind of questions. If they can't answer them, then chances are they're going to reflect and say, okay, maybe we're not doing what we're supposed to do if I can't answer these questions, like besides forming a committee. So, you know, just kind of make sure you hold them accountable, you know what I mean, for what they say they're supposed to do, especially when that is the hype right now, you know, Black Lives Matter and diversity, like leverage that, you know? So that's yeah. kind of how I feel about it. I, I, I love 
Okay, you're saying so many things that I, I want to highlight. <laughs> <laughs> so I love the fact that they have a resource group that you can go to because for me, so in the space that I was in, the they knew that there was a diversity problem. They had it in their yeah. strategic plan for four or five years from now, right? And um, it was all white male leadership at the top, mm-hmm. top levels. And um, so there were no resources though available to me. Like I, I began to feel like, like I was crazy. Like, is this really what I'm dealing with? And then who am I talking to? Because I personally felt like HR was not really handling that properly yeah. and not really an advocate um, right. for right. me in that space. And so there was like no one to talk to, no one to go to, to get educated on or to be informed or really even to have support from because you Mm -hmm. can feel like you're coming up again, you are coming up against the company, you know, when you're you're trying to speak to them. Um, But the other thing that you mentioned was um, that I actually thought about how important it is to before you start working somewhere to research the culture and research their oh, level yeah. of diversity, right? And research the, the resources and the things that they're offering because that will be a telltale sign if there's going to be a struggle for you moving in the direction that you actually you know, are looking to move in. And I think sometimes we, we're looking at yes. like the pay or the position and we're not thinking about like, the culture or how we're going to move forward. So I love that you brung that up, but I wanted to ask you about. Most definitely. Yeah. Uh, and I, I will say that I was blessed in that with Edward Jones. They really truly are an advocate of diversity and they support the community. And um, I'm, I just was blessed with that one. So I would say, you know, do you, and then like sometimes when you do your research, like when you look at reviews, sometimes the reviews are biased. You know what I mean? Like you may, you kind of have to be careful with that, but, um, you know, you will get a feel pretty quickly on the culture when you start working there. So sometimes you just don't know until you get there. You know what I mean? But if you hear about a place that they really are advocates, like I would, that's where I would be seeking out because especially for us, because that is the most important thing that we feel included we feel comfortable in our place of employment it really doesn't even matter like I, I know you're probably thinking she crazy when you say it doesn't matter about the money I, it, it does but it doesn't because you can hate your job make six figures and quit like be like nope because i can't get up and cry every morning before work or be mad that i gotta get up and go to work like that's not the life i want to live you know so you want to make sure that you know the company really appreciates who you are and values you values you you know enough to make you feel like that's the place you want to be so and uh, sometimes you just don't know until you get into that situation but if you find yourself in that situation leave because what you're going to find is you're going to waste a lot of valuable time where you could be learning and growing somewhere else instead of being stagnant in this place that doesn't support that kind of development I so agree. I, I so agree. I, the, one of the reasons why I pursued my master's in organizational leadership was because of my experience. Mm-hmm. And that just taught me so much about culture and about mm-hmm. understanding the dynamic that culture plays in the organization. 
And I mean, after, after I got my master's, it was like absolutely no way that I could stay. Like, I just couldn't stay. Right. Everything was just kind of like, yeah. I really question everything. Like, why, yeah. why, why is this happening? Why is that happening? But what mm-hmm. it did was it really did teach me that there are, um, I want to call them like sub, a lot of subcultures within the culture. And you mm-hmm. have to really understand what is happening. And I think it's so so key what you said about sometimes you don't know until you get there but i think it's Mm -hmm. even more detrimental if you don't even know you should be looking right until ready to move up and then you're like yeah (laughs) yeah and that's another thing that you know i'm going to really probably speak more on is um, emotional intelligence when it comes to your career you know um the way you Um, exhibit your emotion, the way you interpret emotion, the way you deal with other people, learning to, you know, feel the energy, you know what I mean? And it is like a politic thing too, learning how to play that, but your emotional intelligence will play a lot in your career, you know, and your advancement especially. So um, I want to kind of get more into that with my company, but, you know, I think it's, it's something that people should be thinking about. Like, how does my emotional intelligence play into me being able to navigate these rooms and, you know, be able to get in front of the people I need to be? You know, do I come off standoffish? Girl. Do I come off angry? Do I look like, oh, I want to be here? Yes. You know what I mean? Like, my- am, I, am I able to really tolerate the, the blatant racism that comes out? How do I deal with that? Do I go off? You know, <laughs> do like, am, am I, you know, do I catch an attitude? Is that on my face, you know, or am I wearing that well? Like, how am I dealing with that when I see it? You know, because, you know, even though you're responding to something that doesn't have anything to do with you, your response, you will be, you will be judged by your response. You know what I mean? So something can be done to you that's racist. And if you respond in a negative way, that just perpetuates that stereotype that, oh, well, I told you, you know what I mean? So it's like that sense of self-control, emotional control is very key because you're going to deal with those issues. You know what I mean? You're going to deal with it. You have to feel, you know, feel for who's my advocate and who's not. Like who's Mm -hmm. for me, who's not. Like who do I, who do I have more leverage with, you know? And um, so I, you know, would advocate for people to kind of get in tune with that a little bit too and see how that plays a role in what's going on with your career. Now that is so good because when I say, when we got off the phone (laughs) before we did this podcast, I was talking to my brother about this conversation and he was just like, you know, can you really teach emotional intelligence? Like, can you teach people how to have like a certain radar, right? Um, Or to present themselves, um, not even really present yourself a certain way, but to be able to read the rooms and the people and stuff like that. And I'm like, I absolutely think you can. I think that some people are naturally good at it. Some other people though, I think that if they're empowered with the knowledge and the wisdom to be aware that this is something that they should be paying attention to, they can figure out how to navigate it based on their personality or how to move into another space. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we yeah, were, absolutely. I'm so glad you brought absolutely. that up. That's important. It's, it's so hard for people of color because I feel like we are tested way more like 
especially when it comes to, I mean, everyone's heard of like the black tax and everything, you having to work um, twice as hard to prove yourself. I mean, that was, that's like a legit thing that really happens. And I feel like um, sometimes when you walk in the room, you know, people may question why you're there. So very initially, you already, you know, got this vibe you got to kind of deal with, and you have to be able to sit up, you know, strongly and present yourself in a way that, yeah, I'm supposed to actually be here. You know what I mean? And so, again, that takes some emotional stamina. You know what I mean? And I, I feel like if you already know what you're facing, you can prepare yourself. I feel like the anxiety comes when you're not prepared for those situations. And that's what I try to do with my, with my trainings is I prepare them to say, when you walk in the room, you're going to have this feeling like you're not supposed to be there because people are looking, probably looking at you like, what are, what are they doing here? You know, so you have to have, you have to develop that kind of confidence. And like I said, you'll know who, who really is questioning your ability and who doesn't. Cause sometimes they'll just come and ask you like, Oh, what, what do you do? What were you doing before? You know, they try to be nice about it, but it's really like, Oh, you know, I mean, they're trying to get a feel for your credentials and whether you should be and where you are and don't have a problem saying that. Like, yeah, I have this, I have that, I got this going on, you know? So I think it kind of will, shine light on their own racism sometimes when you do that because they may come in and say you know like I guess they may question your abilities and if you come and you come with and you say I have this and I have that and I have this and they're still doubting you then it's hard for them to hide their own prejudices Mm -hmm. you know what I mean so I feel like you know don't be shy to say what your credentials are because you'll soon find out where the racism really lies, because even when your credentials are there, they'll still doubt you. They'll still have, you know, so you have mm-hmm. to be, you know, confident enough, but again, aware of those type of things. So I, I love that you said that because I remember like now that I'm thinking back when, when I was at work and we were switching management, because that's when I really began to struggle in this area when there was a management switch and I was emotionally non-intelligent. <laughs> And so I was there and it was a right around the time where natural um, hair was becoming a thing. Like we're going to rock our Afros. We're going to rock our natural styles. And so I was embracing that movement. Right. Mm -hmm. And not, and, and just not even really paying attention to how it was impacting me in Mm -hmm. the office. Right. And so I was doing all of that and the, the, the way that I begin to, I guess, get my first aha moment is that I have been wearing my natural hair with this new management for a while. And, um, and then, you know, growing it, very proud of it. Even if I had like a protective style, it was very like Afrocentric mm-hmm. <laughs> type thing. Cause yeah. I, was, I was like, I'm holding on to, <laughs> yeah. you know, my blackness. Right. And so yeah. I remember uh, the day that I was, um, well, the weekend that I was going to get one of my, um, my degrees, I decided to press my hair because I had, you know, worked a long time to get that length that we talk about. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. I wanted to press it. So I had pressed my hair and I had, you know, this person had been working there for maybe about seven months, seven or eight months. And 
that day he came into the office, came up to me and said, I like your hair. He had never complimented me before. And I had to sit back and be like, oh, okay. So because I'm wearing my hair straight, you know, and it has a length to it, now you see me. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> now you see me. That's a whole nother show, okay? Girl. That hair tummy, it's, a whole, it's a whole nother show. <laughs> And so I, it, it, you know, it was like little pieces. I still even then did not equate it to what it actually was. Um, But I did also want to share where my heightens level of frustration begin to happen is when I begin to realize that this is a major contributor to institutional racism, because when you start limiting my ability to gain wealth, or my ability to gain income, then you start messing with my ability to reside in certain areas and and attend certain schools and send my kids to do certain things. You start limiting me in greater ways. And so Mm -hmm. that aha moment for me was completely frustrating. And I was like, that's when I was like, I can't be here because I can't Mm -hmm. allow you to continue to use me really is what was happening to continue to use me. But now you're also, you're also hindering my legacy, like my ability to break generational stuff. um, When you, when you don't have to be. So I wanted to ask um, for those people that are listening that are like, yeah, this is all true. I've kind of seen this or I'm getting ready to enter into a corporate space. What are like three tips that you would give them walking in the door? Find a career sponsor, find a sponsor. Find someone who is going to advocate for you when you're not in the room. And so in order for you to really do that and get off the ground running from the jump is be extraordinary at your job. Like really make a name for yourself. Do well, you know, like I said, have that emotional intelligence, um, have that confidence, do very well, and then seek out a career sponsor. Seek out someone who knows that you deserve to be there, that you deserve to be in those higher spaces, who's going to pretty much mold you to do so. And so that might be harder for people, you know, depending on where you are, you know, but for me, that was one thing that I did initially. And I think that has been, has had an amazing impact on my ability to move up the way that I did is I had a career sponsor and she's like kind of unofficially, you know, a career sponsor, but um, same, same type of concept behind what she's doing, you know, and she also has career sponsor. So having that, you know, I feel like is crucial for you. And then just go in and, you know, I would say, especially if you're coming in from a different industry, give yourself some time to adjust to the differences. Like I came from higher ed, you came from higher ed. So give yourself some time to adapt to the difference in the culture and see how it works for you and where you can shine and try to find, try to find projects and and I would say um, maybe even volunteer opportunities where you can excel, you know? So even if you're in, de- in a department where maybe this is not 
where you can have the ability to show your strengths, you can also volunteer somewhere else. And that's another thing that I did with the resource groups is even though I was doing like support work, um, I also decided to volunteer in those areas and do really good work. And even though I didn't work under them, they still was would you know, report back to my director, like, hey, she did great with this project that we're working on, you know, so I kind of had to find my little niche where I can excel. And again, I threw in that advocacy piece as well. So, so that way that, you know, um, I could kind of kill two birds with one stone. And then also to, to pay that energy back. So when you go in and you're doing well, and you see someone else coming in, do the same thing like create that chain, you know what I mean? So that no one's left behind. You know, I, I think that sometimes, you know, it's hard for black people to support each other. And for a lot of reasons, right? Cause you probably work so hard to get where you are. You like, I'm not letting anybody mess this up for me. You know, I didn't went through all this drama and I'm not, no, you know, but at the same time, like have to understand, like we have to learn to help each other. Even if you're giving somebody tips and pointers like, hey, watch out, don't do this, don't do that. You know what I mean? Just help them, you know, return that energy. So seek good energy, return it. You know, that's one thing that I feel like helps helps with corporate or any job, just constantly having that good energy. And so that's what, what I would recommend. I love it. I love it, love it. I wish I would have had this conversation when I started. Um, because yeah. I could just see, it's almost like you're setting yourself up for success and you're also, mm -hmm. um, that also helps with imposter syndrome because someone yeah. is affirming you. Someone is letting you know that this is possible, that you can do this. And we need that, especially when we're going into these areas that may not be yeah. supportive of us or conducive and, um, yeah. to what we're looking to do. And so, um, I definitely have enjoyed the conversation and that whole part that you talked about supporting each other. That's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> right. We have like micro segments that we could like branch off into. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. Because that is real. <laughs> yeah. Still supporting each other. And so I love this conversation. I'm so glad that we were able to connect and just really talk about it because I think it's such a real issue. And I know that those people who are listening to it are going to be able to take away some really important jewels that will help them in their career journey. And so before we go, can you let everyone know how to reach out to you, the different programs that you have and the things that you offer? Okay, so my you can reach me on any social media platform under Dr. Javon Willis. My consulting firm is called Elitist Consulting Firm, and you can um, access that through my social media page or find it directly. Again, we have leadership conferences that we hold, and I do a lot of interviews as well. So if you guys need my advice or anything, or you just want to, you know, chat with me, you know, just hit my DM. <laughs> I so appreciate your um, desire to pass it forward and you're, you're taking the, um, being courageous enough to be an advocate, you know, and mm -hmm. make room for those of us coming behind. And so before we go, is there anything that you would like to leave us with or um, add before we end this, this episode? 
Well, I guess I can just piggyback on what you just said. Um, it's very important that we understand the difference between somebody making it and being an advocate. Just because someone makes it does not make them an advocate. Um, that an advocate it takes you know something kind of special. A person who believes in something, who is willing to put things on the line in order to produce some sort of change. So when you're thinking about your career, it's, it's easy for us to see a person, oh, they made it, I can go to them and ask. Not all the time, you know what I mean? Sometimes they may not have it in their heart to be able to give you that advice or give you that love or show you that energy. So just be very careful with that, you know, make sure that you know the difference. Um, and I think that'll probably help in the long run, just making sure you have good energy and good support, so. I love that. I love that. Advocacy is a choice. Girl. It is a choice. <laughs> it's a choice, right? Mm -hmm. It's a choice. And not everybody mm -hmm. that makes it makes that choice. Right. So you got to be careful, you know, who you look up to as well um, and who you who you go to for help. Because sometimes you may find that it's not there. So be careful and, you know, make sure that you have good energy around you at, at all times. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Jovan, for coming on and sharing. I hope that we're able to um, continue with later conversations that it just seems like there's so many other topics that kind of have spurred. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so I'm, I'm excited to be able to um, collaborate and connect in the future. So thank you Absolutely. for coming on. Thank you for having me. Hey y'all. So a lot of times I get DMs about how to start a podcast. A lot of you guys have a voice. You have a story that you want to share. You have a wisdom that you want to drop. You got some gems you want to drop with us. Or maybe you are looking to establish yourself as an expert in your industry and expand your brand. Whatever it may be, you absolutely deserve to be heard. And so I have set up a masterclass on podcasting for beginners that will give you all of the tools and the resources that you need to get started with your podcast. And I mean to get started within the next couple of weeks. So I have um, put everything together, um, all of my marketing techniques, um, a lot of my um, ideas for monetizing, a lot of my uh, equipment that I use and the platforms that I use and the platforms that are available. And I have simplified it so that you, you, yes, you girl can start your podcast right away. So the link to the masterclass is in the show notes. It's available for $24.99 for a limited amount of time. So if you are interested in getting started and sharing your voice, sharing your thought leader <laughs> wisdom with us, and um, just really stepping out out of fear and into purpose. <laughs> yes, I said it, stepping into purpose. Click the link in the show notes to... Um, to register for the webinar today. Talk to you later. Ladies, did you enjoy that episode or what? Did this episode speak to you in some kind of way? I would absolutely love to hear about it. Y'all know it does my heart good when you subscribe and you share this podcast with someone else that you know can absolutely benefit from it. Y'all, we are out here connecting, walking in our purpose and encouraging each other along the way. I love meeting with you every week and I'd love to stay further connected. 
be sure to follow me on Instagram at Tisha underscore talks and to visit my website, www.tishatalks.org. You'll find the podcast, you'll find other videos and you'll find other courses and classes and workshops, conferences, the list goes on and on to the things that we are currently doing so that we can further connect beyond this weekly podcast. So ladies, without further ado, I want you guys to walk fully in everything that you've been called to align your passion with your purpose and go out there and get everything that has your name on it. Talk to you later.